appreciate it, guys. Forget the insane child posse. <laughs> we need to make that trending during COVID. Is that um, insane child posse should be the new thing that we that we call our kids when they act in a fool and stuff like that. The insane child posse, ICP. I'm gonna go ahead and start Hashtag getting the trending. ICP. Hashtag ICP. Hashtag ICP and you post photos of your insane kids doing insane things. I'm gonna fix the camera here real quick. Right, give, me, give me one second since we up here. I can. I know. Here it is. I think this is, this is gonna be a little bit better. There we go, there we go. All right. So we are um, jumping back into the book of Ephesians. We've been going through the full armor of God. Um, I'm really kind of enjoying this kind of sermon series, kind of taking the time to be able to um, talk about how we spiritually prepare ourselves against the warfare and the enemy and how he attacks us. We're on the uh, third piece of the armor that we have with God. And I'm going to go ahead and read through Ephesians um, 6, 10 through verses 15. But today we're going to camp out also in a story about Jesus and walking on the water and how we can walk with peace in the midst of our storms in life. And that's going to be in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 32, if you're taking notes on there. So we're going to go ahead and read our base scripture and we'll jump into the story that we have here. So it says here in Ephesians 6, in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the enemy and the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers, this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all this, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 15, it says, And the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of your feet. Um, I got a basketball rim for Christmas. That was the one thing that I wanted for Christmas. I, I have one at my house. It literally, I've had it for like 20, 21 years. It's an old rickety one. The rim is like sideways. I play a lot of basketball. I play a lot of basketball in high school. I was never like an all-star or anything, but I love just getting out and running and playing the game. And I've been watching um, The Last Dance. If you haven't watched that, you can watch it. You got on ESPN, which is all you know, R-rated, but you can watch ESPN2, and it's got the sensor stuff on there. But I love hearing about Michael Jordan, and I love hearing about basketball, and I love the Jordan shoes. If I have, like, a guilty pleasure, I love, like, Jordan 1s and Jordan 2s. My dude Zeb would be like, those are the most ugly shoes in the world, the Jordan 2s. But I came out a couple years ago, my wife, for our anniversary, got me the Jordan 32s, which were based off of the um, Jordan 2s. And um, I love them because I can play basketball in them, but I can also just rock them out and look cool as I'm walking down the street. I even came today with my Jordan 1s on. I got the whole outfit on just in case. One of y'all wants to get crossed up after this. We can go. Ethan, you can come come, you can come get a working in the gym and stuff like that. Bet. Bet. Let's get it. We can play a game afterwards. <laughs> but um, KK's been watching it with us, and she's kind of caring about Jordan and other basketball players and stuff. So she's got this kind of a little, feel like a little bit of infatuation with playing basketball because the community kids come over, and they play on our, on our new basketball rim. And we were playing this week, we were playing um, a brother and sister on two-on-two. On two. She's learning the game. She listens really well, and... 
She's learning the game really well. And I, I love watching her grow in that. So she's listening to the coaching, and then she's also applying the coaching to her life. Um, but it was funny because we were outside playing, and she's been out all week and stuff, but she just comes in, my feet hurt. They hurt so bad. And I'm like, what's wrong? You know, one day she's wearing sandals. You know, one day she's wearing Chuck Taylors like the low tops. The other day she's wearing some Harachis, and I'm like, you don't got the right shoes on. I'm like, put on your basketball shoes. You got some blue hot top basketball shoes, you know? Um, and it makes me think about in life, you can walk in the truth of the gospel, get understanding what Jesus Christ has done for you in your life. You could also walk with the righteousness, knowing that you are in right standing with God and knowing that he has forgiven you of your sins and he has died on the cross for you. And you're walking in this righteousness, saying that you want to do the right thing in life. But unless you are actually putting your feet on the firm foundation of God and you have got the right feet, the right shoes, the right equipment for you to be able to walk this life out and to fight this war that we are in, you are always going to be in kind of in a wrong place foundationally in this spiritual battle that we're facing every single day. Listen, y'all, I, I love shoes and stuff like that, but I can't go out on a basketball court with cleats on. I've got to have the right equipment. I've got to have the right shoes on. I can't go out to Laidley Field and think I'm going to play this football game and some Jordan 1s and think that I'm going to be able to win a game. I have to have the right equipment. What is the use of us having this full armor of God in our lives? And you not being able to withstand the attacks of the enemy because you're not on a firm foundation. When we start to talk about the peace that comes with the shoes that you wear that are, that are on your feet, it's understanding that it's the readiness that is given by the gospel of peace. Verse 15, it says, the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. And when Paul is talking about this, he's giving a, a reference to how Roman armor, it would be on your chest plate here. You have your headpiece, you have your, you have your sword, y'all about said knife. I about said butter knife for a minute, y'all. I'm thinking about toast. I'm messing. But you've got your belt that's holding everything together. And with the shoes that would be put on, these shoes would sometimes wrap all the way up to your knees. So you would have these shoes that were keeping your legs stable on the foundation that you were working with. It wouldn't help you at all if you had your armor on and the enemy comes and attacks you and you put up your shield and then you get pushed back and fall to the ground. You had to have the right kind of equipment to keep yourself stable and on a firm foundation. The aspects that I saw of this were this week as I was playing basketball with, with KK. It's, you know, learning the game, getting the right equipment. You may have shoes on, but it may not be the right shoes. There were two aspects that I saw. Is that KK was out there playing basketball in the wrong shoes. She was listening to what I was saying. She was understanding. She was walking. She was wanting to learn. She knew the truth that I was a coach, and I have my, her best interest in mind as a coach, as we have the truth of the gospel. Also, in that she was walking. She wanted to be in right standing with me as a coach. She wanted to hear what I had to say so she could live this right life, but her feet weren't on the right foundation. They weren't equipped for her to be able to walk this life out and walk this game out. But number two, last night, I went outside, and I was extra cocky. My dude, A.A. Ron, who comes to Undefeated, was out there. And um, shout out to his cousin, Jeremiah. Uh, little Eli told me that it's Jeremiah's birthday today. He goes to the Bible desk, and I love that kid. Shout out to him. It's his birthday today. But Aaron was out there. And this is, you know, this 15-year-old kid. I'm 33. I'm like, he ain't never won in these games against me. So I've got my fuzzy slippers on. Knowing that I just told Kanaya earlier in the week 
that you need to make sure that you have the right shoes on. You need to be able to have a firm foundation. You can't make a cut in fuzzy slippers. So I'm out there with my house shoes on just thinking I'm going to win this game. We played three games, y'all, and I lost every single game. I wouldn't admit that on Facebook Live. But I think it's a testament to if you don't have the right shoes on, if you don't have the right feet, if you don't have the right preparation that you're walking with, you ultimately, you're going to lose the game sometime. You're not always going to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. That's why it's so important for us to put on the full armor of God every single day. I, I want to make the case that if you don't have the right shoes on, I don't think you can walk in the correct confidence in who God is and understanding your life. You, you can sit at home all day long with this full armor on, but you have to eventually go out into the world and you have to face people and trials and tribulations. But it's not just the understanding that you have to walk with the peace of the gospel for your own personal life. The word in the scripture is saying that it's the readiness given by the gospel of peace that you are to take peace to everywhere that you go also. I don't want to just be a Christian who sits in church and preaches the gospel, but then I don't go out and actually reach and talk to people who have a great need to understand the peace of Jesus Christ. When we talk about the peace of Jesus Christ, it's the understanding that we are walking with the understanding that we are knowing who God is, that he has ordained our life, and no matter what the circumstances are, we know how the story began and we know how the story is going to end. So we ultimately can overcome the attacks of the enemy. When the enemy comes at you, we know how to withstand these situations and these issues. And I believe that as we start to walk in the knowledge of the gospel, that means preparing yourself to understand the word of God, reading your scriptures daily, getting into a basic devotion, you are then able to withstand the attacks of the enemy because you can move, you can shake, you can, you can kind of propel yourself in different directions when the attacks come. But if you're not walking in the correct peace of the gospel, you're always going to get hit. And there's only so many times that your armor can withstand being hit and hit and hit before you finally start to falter. In the gospel, I believe God wants us to walk in this confidence so we can overcome the enemy. When I was um, in high school, I was never this big athlete or something. I mean, I was never this big basketball star. But I mean, I was decent. I was okay. I didn't walk in confidence. But I remember one year, my 10th grade year, um, I got these Allen Iverson shoes. This is a couple years after Allen Iverson was dope with the championship game. Y'all, you know what it feels like when you get some brand new shoes and you walk in. Some of y'all get y'all stilettos and high heels on. Y'all be walking downtown just feeling yourself and stuff. Some of y'all get your toms on and you just walk in the office like I got my business shoes on. I love athletic shoes, and I had these Allen Iverson shoes, and I really did feel as though I was equipped to run better on the court, which I did. I ran better. I played better. I understood the game better, and I believe that by walking in the peace of the gospel, we can live out a better life in confidence. Not confidence in yourself, but in confidence in what the Word of God says, so you can be established in that foundation. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about living in the foundation of God, living in the understanding that his word is our foundation and that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone by which we live and establish our life. And if we are building our foundation, Jesus Christ has got to be the cornerstone. And if we're on that foundation, then we won't be swayed by what the world says about us. 
We're going to learn how to interact with each other. Matthew 7 says there's going to be plenty of people who say, Lord, Lord, I did this work in your name. I did that work in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. You never walked in the true understanding of the peace of the gospel. It's in the understanding that many people, they try to let their works justify their faith. But it's your faith that is going to ground you, not the works that you do. It's the faith and the understanding that you have peace in the gospel, that you don't have to, during COVID-19, go out and feed 50 billion people and try to earn your own salvation. But it's the understanding that salvation has been freely given to those who receive it and surrender their lives to God. So then it's the word of God that is your foundation, not your works or what anybody else says about you. But the enemy creeps in and he puts doubt into your mind. When we're talking about this spiritual warfare, I believe it's having the peace of the gospel and walking in the understanding of who God is, which helps us to navigate and to be able to dodge the doubt that the enemy brings into your life. Many of us, we start to doubt our salvation. We doubt if we're really valued. We doubt if we are loved. We doubt if we can overcome these situations. But I want to make the case that when you walk in relationship with God, you're walking in the truth of the gospel. You're walking in right standing with God and you are walking and understanding and knowing the peace of the word of God. Then you can overcome the attacks of the enemy as he throws them at you. There's a story in the Bible in Matthew 14 and 22. And some of us, we probably know this story. It's about Jesus Christ walking on the water. Um, Jesus Christ was with his disciples and he was feeding the 5,000 and immediately afterwards he dismissed everybody off and he sent the disciples across the lake and he went and he took personal time to get into fellowship with his father. He knew that to, for his ministry to sustain, he had to have the personal time with his father. One thing that I will say about this um, COVID time, and I know it's not the same for everybody, um, I know it's not the same for everybody. We still have a lot of people who are out there working in the field. Um, Church-wise, I've said this before, I said, we planted our church about almost, it'll be two years in September. And then um, it's, we celebrated the year in Easter, and we've been busting butt, we've been working, we've been moving. Our resurrection brothers and sisters, we've been through building up two buildings, you know, in the last, you know, three years, um, on top of, you know, building a church that was a clay center. And I believe that this has been a very peaceful time for our congregation. It's been a time to where it's made us kind of pull back a little bit and to be able to say, let me focus on fellowshipping with God. Because I believe that when you know and you have the knowledge of who your God the Father is, as Jesus Christ we see here, he fed the 5,000 work and he pulled himself back into a place where he had peace and relationship with God and tranquility. Him understanding peace was knowing that his Father it was the cosmic controller over all the situations that were going on in the world. So he was able to walk in that peace of who his father was because he had right standing, he knew the truth, and he had right relationship with his father. His foundation was not built on anything else but him wanting to reflect his father's will in life. No different than with us. We can walk with peace even in the midst of storms and hard situations, when we understand our Father's will because we know that He has affirmed us and not what the world says about you. 
That means when the enemy comes in with doubt and he judges your character, you say, no, no, no. I know who my father is and I reflect my father's character in life, even in the midst of the storms. So we see a great example here in Matthew um, chapter 14 and verses 22 through 32. We see here that Jesus had sent them out and the disciples to go out on the boat. In verse 22, I'm going to read it and we're going to go back and kind of teach from it a little bit. It says, immediately he made the disciples get on the boat and go before him to the, or the, to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, and after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and he prayed by himself. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by the time, well, I'm sorry, but the boat by this time was a long ways out of the land. It would say it was around like 2.5, maybe 3 miles out then. And it was being beaten by waves and the winds were coming against them. And this is around the fourth watch of the night, which would be around 3 a.m., which means that the disciples had been on the water. They've been on this boat for close to maybe eight to nine hours fighting the storm, fighting the winds, fighting the waves, fighting this impossible odds. You can imagine, I don't like boats. I don't like being out on water. I don't like being out further than what I can see. Okay, I can swim, but I don't like being able to swim when I can't see the bottom of stuff like that. So I can imagine, even as they are fishermen, there is real life fear going on because they are in the midst of a storm. They are in the midst of a real life situation. And in this moment, we see Jesus Christ walking on the sea. It says to them, he came to them walking on the sea in verse 25. And in verse 26, he says, but when the disciples, they saw him as a normal person would and probably should walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they were like, it's a ghost, y'all. It's coming for us. I can imagine if I saw a ghost out in the middle of the water, I'd probably just jump in the water and try to swim away. This is what I'd be fearful. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter in this moment, Sensing the peace that Jesus Christ is bringing right now. Sensing and seeing that he is just walking in the midst of a storm. He says to him, he stops focusing on the storm, but he focuses on Jesus Christ. And he says to him, Peter says and answers, he said, Lord, and if, it, if it is you, command me to come out on the water. And he said to him, come. So Peter going out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out with his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you, oh, ye of little faith. He says, Why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Truly you are the Son of God. Jesus walking on the water shows us a couple things here. It shows us two specific things. Two specific teaching things like this is that, number one, Jesus was praying beforehand, as I mentioned, he was listening to his Father's will. And it wasn't just the fact that Jesus Christ walked on the water. He was walking on the water in the midst of the storms. In the middle of a storm, Jesus Christ was walking on the water peacefully in the middle of life's messes and the storms that happened. This was not just like... Uh, kind of like a, a literary kind of illusion. This was a true storm that was going on. If you've ever been in the midst of a storm on the ocean or in the sea, when you see waves going four or five feet, however many feet high, you've ever been to the beach, you do not know how to handle it when you're getting beat against it, even on a boat. But Jesus Christ isn't walking on calm water. 
He's walking in the midst of a storm and he's walking towards his disciples. He's walking in the peace of the gospel. He's walking in the firm foundation. Even when the storms of life may feel as though they are shaky, even when you feel as though everything in your life is falling apart, when the enemy is hitting you with so much doubt, when he's physically hitting you with sickness and pain and affliction, when you are spiritually being attacked by the enemy, it's the understanding that Jesus Christ walks to you with the peace of the gospel because he cares for you if you focus your eyes on him. But also, it's the knowledge that we can walk in the peace of the gospel in our lives, that if we're focused not upon what the world says or what the enemy may be saying about us, those doubts in your mind, those insecurities that creep in at night, those, those moments when you feel as though your life isn't worthwhile, it's the peace and the knowledge and you focusing on what God's will says for your life more than what the enemy says. Jesus Christ, before he walked on the water, was in close and intimate relationship with his father, understanding and being affirmed in what the word was saying. He knew what his father's will was. And as much as we also have this, we have the word of God and we live on the foundation of what the word says, not of what the word says about us. So we can walk on the water in the midst of the storms in life. We can walk in peace and tranquility because we know that God is ultimately the cosmic power and the work at hand in our world. We can walk in peace in the midst of a COVID because we know that we are still in God's hands. We can walk in peace because we know that we're going to use wisdom, which is given unto us through the word. We walk in peace because we don't put our foundation on the world or what the enemy says. We put our foundation on what God says. So secondly here, Jesus Christ is walking on the water and you can see that he had to have faith in his father to be able to do this and you know your, your physical foundation may look shaky it may look like it's messed up and if you build your life on a solid foundation and not the sands when the winds and the torrents come you will be able to sustain and your spiritual foundation is in the peace of god even in the midst of a storm jesus christ was exercising faith in his father and in god and as we exercise our faith even just a mustard seed, we can stop on this moment and say, let the mountain be moved and let the storm stop in our lives. I believe that God wants us to walk in this kind of faith and peace so we can have tranquility in the midst of the messes so that we can then also go back in the situations to help our brothers and sisters who are also in the midst and, and of need. When we talk about the, the, the verse specifically, and the teachings in Ephesians, I'm going to read the verse real quick and go back to our scripture. It talks about how we are to walk with the shoes and the feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel. In some translations in the New Living, in the New, no, New Living Translation, I'm sorry, the New King James Translation, I, I study from that a lot when I do sermons. It talks about the preparation of the gospel. It means that you are ready in that moment. You are established on the gospel of God so you can also then take it to other people. When we read about having the shoes of, of the gospel, it means that you are walking in peace, but then you also can bring peace to people's situations in life. It talks about in Matthew 5, 9, it talks about how we are blessed as the peacemakers, for we will be known as the sons and the daughters of God. It's one of the highest things you can be called in life as a son and a daughter of God. It means that in the midst of a situation, do you bring peace and reflect the character of God? So other people can receive your invitation. Jesus Christ in this moment 
in Matthew 14, he's, he's walking out to the disciples, meeting them in their need, but he also then gives an invitation when Peter calls out. Peter calls out and he says to him, he says, Lord, he answered and said, if it is you, command me to come out there. I can imagine it's no different than when in the moments of your life when you're having doubt and anxiety and stress, when you call out, you're like, Lord, if you're there, help me come closer to you that we then can receive God's peace because Jesus Christ is walking with us. When, when we're able to stop in the moment and continue even in our lives, when it may feel as though everything is a mess. Peter's still on this boat. He's been fighting this battle for nine hours on the lake. You can imagine he's just ready to quit. He's ready to give it up, and he sees Jesus Christ. And you can imagine in your life, you've been sick for so long. You've had so much anxiety and animosity towards other people, and you feel as though you're not going to be able to overcome, and you have all this doubt that's just taking over your life. You see Jesus in this moment. And you see the peace that he walks in, and he invites you, as he does daily, to fellowship with him and to walk with him. And Peter, in this moment, he steps out on faith, and he says, I know that the wind and the torrents and the rain and everything may look crazy, but I know Jesus is over there, and that's where I want to be. And he walks out in faith on what Jesus Christ has said. How can we also walk out in faith? And what Jesus Christ is saying for our lives in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the chaos, we are to walk in the peace of the gospel by the knowledge of the word of God, but also walking in the knowledge of who he is so that when we have to go through tough situations in life, when it may feel as though we're walking in the wilderness or we're walking through a tough place, you know the direction that God is taking you. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength, and he will guide you. That's the only way that we can truly walk in peace is if we know God intimately to be able to say, even in the midst of the storm, I will still go where God is calling me to go. And that's the only way that you walk with peace. It means tranquility. It means that in the midst of all this, Peter started to walk towards Christ, walking on these waves that seem does this seem impossible to overcome? He's walking out on these waves. But in that moment, we've all experienced this. We're walking towards God. We're walking in peace. And that maybe 10 to 15 seconds, you can imagine just this, this unimaginable peace to walk on water, to be able to say, I feel as though I have faith to do anything because Christ is there and I'm moving towards him. He has doubt. That's how the enemy gets us. That's how Satan attacks us. He makes you doubt God's perfect will for your life. He makes you doubt God's character. He makes you doubt if what he is actually saying is right for your life. He makes you doubt if you were even saved, if you were even a Christian. He makes you doubt when you make a mistake. See, I don't think the mistake was him looking down at the water. It was the thought that he did not focus on God's will in that moment, and that took away his peace and tranquility. Y'all, listen, we're going to see the storms around us while we're walking through them, but stay focused on God. Stay focused on his will, and that's the peace that will sustain us in our lives. Paul, Peter, in that moment, I'm thinking of Paul who wrote Ephesians, Peter in that moment takes his eyes and he starts to doubt that he's going to be able to walk on this water. He's going to start to walk in a place where he starts to see that there is turmoil all around him. Y'all, a lot of us have such deep anxiety because we focus on the turmoil around us and not what God is actually doing in our lives. 
Some of us get so caught up in what we do not have that we can't even see the blessing of God in our lives on a day-to-day basis. So then you allow doubt to walk in your life as you start to try to live out living like the Johnsons. You want to have what everybody else is having, but you can't even see the own blessing that God has given you in your life. So then the anxieties of what you don't have come into play. Then you start to doubt if God truly even loves you or cares about you, but he is supplying your needs, but you want more than what you actually need. You start to doubt what God has for your life because you don't walk daily in the peace of the understanding that his will is perfect for your life. You start to look at what everybody else has and you start to then put your foundation and some of us even shift our lives over to what the enemy may say how we should live our lives as opposed to living the way God wants us to. Church, I believe that when Peter had this moment, he walked out and he cried out to Jesus Christ. He said he was afraid in the beginning and he started to sink when he saw the winds and the waves and the torrents and stuff like that. But Jesus still met him and took him back to the boat. Y'all listen, every day we're going to go through these lives. We're going to go through these trials in our lives. We're going to go through tribulations in our lives. We're going to go through stressful moments in our lives. We're going to go through anxiety-riddled moments of when we feel as though our depression is just going into a deeper place and we feel as though the, the stresses, the anxieties, and the enemy is attacking us in our most weakest places. But it's in the knowledge of who God is that we can walk in peace. We can walk in the love of who he says we are. It's the understanding that the church is to be affirmed in what God says about us. You know why I can walk in peace in the midst of crazy times in my life? It's because I understand what the word says about my life and I want to reflect God's character. It's the understanding that it's important for us to have the right shoes in this spiritual warfare. It's because the enemy wants us to fall when we are attacked. And the main attack is doubting the gospel and your salvation. And it is the knowledge of the word that we are able to overcome the attacks of the enemy. Not in the foundation of what the world says, but what does the word of God say about your situations in life? It's the understanding that even when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy in Matthew 4, he stood firm on what the word of God said for his life. And even in the midst of fasting for 40 days and not eating, even in the midst of Satan tempting him, bringing him up and showing us glorious things, he still had peace and trust in God's will for his life. Scripturally, when we start to see things like we feel as though the enemy is prevailing in our life, And we feel as though we are failed and abandoned. We feel as though that God is not with us. It's the the remembrance of Psalm 37 and 28. It says, for the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints and they are preserved forever. But the children of wicked shall be cut off. So continue to walk in the truth of the gospel and righteousness in your life. No matter what everybody else is doing no matter how appealing it may look. When you start to doubt your worth or your value, it's remembering what we taught in Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. It says, for by grace you have been saved through your faith, not by your works, through your faith in God and continue to walk in that faith. And this is not anything of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of your works so that you can boast in it. For we are his workmanship. The New Living Translation says, we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and you should walk in them. Paul is saying to them, you are worth more than you know, and you are valued more than you know. And when you start to understand that, 
And if you have been prepared beforehand, before the foundation of the earth, God pre-knew you. He brought you into a place of salvation. You should walk in those good works. In moments when you don't know if you're truly loved or not, it's a remembrance of John 3.16. Everybody knows this verse. It says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth will not perish, but have eternal life. It's confidence in your salvation. Confidence that when you make a confession of faith in your life, that when you truly believe in your heart and when you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ lives in you and you confirm that with the affirmation of your words. It's the understanding that in Romans 10 and 9 and 17, it says this. It says that because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Gentile, or the Greek, or the same Lord is Lord. For the same Lord is Lord over all, bestowing the riches on all those who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon his name will be saved doesn't matter what your condition is. doesn't matter where your situation is. doesn't matter how bad your life may be, y'all. When you call out to God with a true heart of repentance and saying, I want to lay down these sins, God. I know that I am a feeble man. I know that I cannot overcome the situation on my own. When I lay it down to God and I give it to Jesus Christ and I know in my heart that I want to receive him and I confess that with my mouth, you are saved. And you don't have to lean upon your works once you've received salvation. It's that affirmation by those two things that we see God working in our lives to transform us into a new creation. P people ask me all the time, um, how, how can I be, be confident in my salvation? How can I be confident in my faith? It's the understanding that you start to see your life reflecting the full armor of God daily. When you're in the word, when you're wanting to seek the truth, when you're hungering for righteousness, when you're walking in peace, and sometimes walking in peace just also has to mean that you have to put yourself away from people who are not walking in peace. How can you have a firm foundation in God when the people around you are walking in chaos? Sometimes it's going to mean that you have to put yourself into a place of isolation. And I believe this is where the church is right now, that we are in a place of isolation. And it's going to either confirm your faith in God or it's going to make you have to start to think about where am I putting my faith into? Am I putting my faith into my works or what other people may say about my life or how I live my life? Or am I in a place in which I am strong in my own walking with God? I, I, I thought this out the other day as I was thinking about me and KK playing basketball. KK's young in her basketball faith. You know, she's learning the game. Maybe she's also young in faith and stuff like that. There's going to be a place where she's not fully equipped and walking in the right shoes that she needed to play the game. But we were on the same team. I'm playing the game with her. I got her back. I'm lifting you up. I'm, I'm going to you know, cross somebody over to kick the ball back for you to make that jump shot. You can make it. You can sustain your relationship even with the wrong shoes on with God if you have a good church to hold you up. I believe that the church is in a couple different places. There are three different places right now. Is that you have a place where the church and the saints in the church, they are very complacent in their church shoes. 
You're okay with playing the game in your church shoes. You're okay with coming to church on Sunday and having your nice, fancy, I don't even, dockers. What do people wear nowadays? What do, what do church, I don't even know what church shoes are, y'all, because I don't wear church shoes anymore, all right? I don't know what the fancy church shoes are, but you fit the mold when you wear the church shoes. You look well walking in with those church shoes, but are you able then to hold up your own relationship with God without being in the church? When the pastor's not there preaching, when your brothers and sisters aren't there to catch you every single day, give you that assist real quick. Are, are you able then to take those church shoes out and walk your neighborhood and your block and take the gospel to those who are most in need? Or are your shoes only equipped for being in the church? I believe that that's one place that the church is in. Number two is I believe it's like no different than when I said I was wearing my slippers playing basketball with Aaron and stuff like that. I'm out there playing against them. Young, young kid. Young kid with some tactics. He hit me with some moves yesterday and my ankles hurt because I was being stupid and irresponsible and playing in slippers. I believe the church sometimes tries to lead on old skills and the old knowledge that we had in the gospel and we don't continue every single day to walk in our relationship with God, getting into the word. Many of us, we use and we try to sustain what we knew of God and the knowledge of God, but we know that our lives have to be renewed every single day. Paul says, I have to die daily, die daily to the sins of the world. I have to walk in a renewed peace and understanding of who God is. The importance is, as we see here in the book of Matthew Jesus knew that he had to daily walk in this relationship with God. If Jesus Christ who walked this earth and did these miracles and these works is a part of the, tri the Trinity, if he is saying, I have to have fellowship with God every single day to overcome the enemy, then how much more do we need to have that? Y'all, I thought I could beat Aaron because I knew some old skill sets in basketball, but I did not have the right shoes and the right equipment on and I lost. How many of us are doing that every single day in our lives? You've been to church before. You read the Bible a couple weeks ago. You feel as though maybe you're standing firm, but then when the enemy attacks and hits you with something, you can't win. You lose the battle. You get beat. And lastly, is the place that where we want to be in life. I believe that we want to be the person in the church who is walking in the peace of the gospel. That when we understand the preparation of the gospel is being able to share it to people in all circumstances, good or bad, peaceful or crazy times, you showing the peace of the gospel and giving an invitation to others can bring them out of the storms. I believe that when we were looking through the book of Matthew in 14, this is the second part that we saw about this story with Jesus Christ and, and Peter, that Jesus invited Peter out to the water in the midst of the storm and he came out and Jesus walked on the water and in the midst of the storm was walking in the truth of the gospel and the righteousness of God and the peace of God and the gospel and Peter in the middle of the storm sees Jesus Christ he hears the invitation and he walks out in that moment how many of us have friends and family who are far away from God because we won't take the peace of the gospel to them how many of us, we go to church every single Sunday, but when we walk out these doors, we won't even go talk to our neighbor across the street and bring their peace of the gospel to their circumstance or their situation. Y'all, listen, the American church has gotten very comfortable, and I do have a fearful place in that with us doing social media church that a lot of us will get very comfortable with just saying, I'll sit at home and I'll receive the gospel, but never actually enacting, taking it to my neighbors and my family and friends around me who are suffering and hurting. 
I want us to be a church. I want us to be a place that when we receive the gospel, because there is a responsibility as me as a pastor to be able to preach and to teach the word of God and give it to the saints of the church. And then the saints actively go out to the community and we're able to give peace to someone's situation. The drug addict who may feel as though that nobody cares about them and they are filling up the void in their life with this substance can hear the peace of the gospel and understanding that they don't have to have that substance in their life, but Jesus Christ loves them and cares for them and affirms them in their life for who they are, even in the midst of their storm or in their mess, you can be Jesus to someone's situation. But are you willing to walk in the peace that God has given unto you? For Jesus Christ to get to the disciples, he was willing and ready to walk out in the midst of a storm and put himself in harm's way, but he knew that he was going to be protected because he knew his father's will for his life. Many of us, we won't even go out on the block to talk to our neighbors and family and friends who we know we're suffering. Are we willing to walk in the peace of the gospel and knowing that as we are working, as we have this peace in our lives, we can take it to our brothers and sisters? Are we affirmed in our salvation that then we can go out and help save our brothers and sisters, those who are far away from God, our family members, our friends, those who don't know the gospel's power? Romans 1.16, it says, For I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is power of salvation. It is the power of God to come into the moment to save the Jews and the Gentiles. It's saying that when you were unashamed of the gospel, when you, when you were willing to take it out of the four walls of the church, and you don't want to hide the fact that you are a Christian, you can walk in such a peace that when you go out, you can bring salvation to someone's situation. doesn't mean that everyone's going to come to Christ, but I guarantee you, that when you walk in a place of unashamed love for God the Father, it's going to make people look at your life differently because they see the new creation that you have been transformed into. It means that you then accepted the invitation of Jesus Christ and you walked out by faith in the midst of your storm to receive Jesus Christ. But then now you are also able to go out in your city, in your community, to be able to bring peace to people's situations. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be known as the sons and the daughters of God. And I pray that is our church, and that is the church in our community of the West Side. That is the church in our community in Canal Valley and Charleston and West Virginia as a whole. I pray that's the church of God as a whole, as God wants us to be built up in unity, that we walk in an unashamed love for God, and we bring peace to someone's situation. When you talk about affirming your salvation... It's the understanding that we go back to Romans 10, that when you make that profession of faith and you speak out that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, it says you will be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified in your heart. In the mouth you confess that you are saved. But in this, in Romans 10, Paul is also continuing as he goes on, and we're going to finish up here in a moment. He reminds them, he says that, hey, listen, verses 14, as he's teaching to them about the message of salvation to all, he says to them, he says, how then will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How can I call upon somebody I don't know? How can I call upon Jesus Christ if I don't know who Jesus Christ is? How can I know the salvation and the work of power of God if no one is willing to go and to tell and out in the streets of how good God is in our lives. I believe one affirmation of our faith 
is this, actually two things, is that three, let's go with three real quick. You start to reflect the character of God in your personal life, and you're able to overcome situations. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have battles. That's why Paul is teaching us in Ephesians on how we overcome the battles and situations that happen. Number two, you then know the mercy that God has given to you, so you want to give mercy to your brothers and sisters. Even in the midst of your life when that person is just aggravating the ever-living daylights out of you, you can't but help one to love them and give them mercy and kindness and grace for the situations that they may be in life. You are able to bring mercy to their life as Jesus Christ has given us mercy when we mess up. You have that unmerited favor over your life. And then lastly, I believe there is a place in your life where no matter who you are, what your personality may be, you want to tell people about Jesus Christ. You want to. It may just be you being like, y'all, listen, Jesus Christ done saved my life. I'm on Facebook. Let me tell you about it real quick. It may just be that you'd be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go volunteer somewhere because I feel as though my time is valuable. And I want to be able to give the most valuable thing, my time, to other people. I want to be able to tell people about Jesus Christ and his saving nature. You can't vote. Hold, you can't but you can't want to withhold that, but you want to give it out. Jeremiah even said in the midst of him wanting to preach and teach the gospel, he didn't want to do it. He said, but it's like fire in my bones. It's in my veins. Even when I've got to give out this tough message to the community, I can't help but to give out the gospel because he lives inside of me. I believe that the Holy Spirit works in our lives that when we receive salvation, we can't help but want to give it to someone. It's a part of what it means to walk in the preparation of the gospel of peace. That wherever you go, you now have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And you can walk with individual peace, but you bring peace to situations around you. And the confidence is not in your own working or doing, but it's in your profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And you understand that he is always with you. Church, I believe that when we get to this place, we are going to want to go out and to teach and to preach the gospel as Paul gives that mandate in the book of Romans 10 and 14. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless somebody has sent them? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet who preach the gospel of the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, as Isaiah says. The Lord who has believed what, I'm sorry, Lord who has believed in what he has heard from us. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. They have to hear the gospel to be able to receive it. Are we willing to take the peace that we have internally. I think it's almost, I'll say this, I may be wrong in saying this, I think it's very selfish of us to have these big churches and organizations and this money that we hoard up and we just keep it for our church and we build this inner, you know, this inner, this inner working of the church walls, but we never actually take the peace of the gospel out to everybody else. You know what we say? We say, come to me, come to me, come to me, but we're not willing to be like Jesus Christ and say, let me get in the midst of your mess. And make that invitation so it's easier and closer to you. I could imagine that Jesus Christ was on the shore. Hey, yo, disciples, what y'all doing out there? What y'all doing out there in the midst of that storm? Y'all come on back here. Two point some miles. They never would have made it. Jesus Christ said, let me walk and take the peace that I walk with in my life to your situation. And meet you where you are. 
And you can see the goodness that I carry in my life. You can see the goodness that is affirmed in my life. And you're going to taste and see that it's good, and you're going to want to receive the same thing. Church, are we willing to get outside these walls once COVID is over with and we stay six feet away from each other and we're willing to give the gospel? I can't wait for the opportunity for us to walk in our community on the west side and to bring peace to situations and in people's lives that may feel chaotic. Because I believe that God has a plan for this city. I believe that he wants to raise it up. He wants it to be risen from the depth of depravity of sin. And I believe that we are able to do so if we prepare ourselves by understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to have understanding and a firm foundation in your salvation. I guess remembering Romans 8, 28 through 38. I'm not going to read through it all this long. And I don't even know what time it is. Y'all, I've preached right so long today. It's all right. We'll be in black church today. Y'all, go, y'all we're going to be here till 1 o'clock today. All right? Ethan, get the drums back out. I'm just messing. Ethan's the only one that's here right now. With the drums over there. But it says in Romans 28, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this. He talks about how who God foreknew, he brought them to salvation, and he reminds him in 28, he says, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, it talks about how he says, um, I'm just going to go ahead and read this real quick. Let me just read, Let me just read it for y'all. Y'all got like three minutes. If you're still here, then you must love the gospel and want some peace and preparation. He says, it says, and we know that all things, and we know that all things, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for God. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those who he foreknow, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Meaning that you were being transformed in his image in order that we, that he may be the firstborn amongst the brothers. And for those who he predestined, he also called to those he called, he justified. And for those he justified, he glorified. That means you were glorified when you work in God and through salvation in the heaven that you're going to receive. What then shall we say about these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is walking with me, who can be against me? Not the storms, not the torrents, not anything else. If I'm walking on his firm foundation, I am affirmed in what God says about me. He did not spare his only son, but he gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, with his glorious might, give us all things? Who can bring charges against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised, and he is on the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness or darkness of the sword, as it is written, for our sake we are being killed all the day long, and we are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. But Paul reminds us in verse 37, and I promise y'all I'm done. He says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Verse 38, for I am sure nor death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor the height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. You are a conqueror. When you walk with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you walk in righteousness and your blessed plate that you have that protects yourself, your heart, when you are letting God and you're allowing him to enact in your life and guide your heart and your life in the direction he needs to take you in, you then also are able to walk with the peace of the gospel wherever you go. 
There are many people who don't have peace today, and I pray that you have an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. And it first starts with salvation. So if you've never made a confession of faith into who Jesus Christ is, you can make that confession right now at your house. You can be in the midst of a storm and receive Jesus Christ. I've told this story before. My salvation story isn't going to the church altar and going and receiving God and somebody praying for you. It was literally in the middle of a snowstorm on December the 18th in 2009. I remember in that moment, I just laid down everything I had of God. I gave up everything that I said, if it's not going to glorify you. I remember sitting in the parking lot at West Virginia um, Federal Credit Union after I left work. And I'm just like, God, take everything that I am. Take everything in the midst of my life, the storm and the chaos that I was in. Every aspect of my life, this, this, this smoking, the drinking, the depression, all of these things, God, in the midst of my storm, I said, God, I receive your salvation and help me in this moment to be closer to you. And in that instant, I received salvation over 10 years ago. And ever since then, there has been an un, I can't, unimaginable peace. And even in the midst of situations when I should be panicking, I can't explain why I have it, but I believe it's because... My life has been on a firm foundation of what God has said. And as you're walking in this peace, the further you go with God, the more and the more you're going to trust him. But it starts with personal salvation. And as those who are Christian, you may be tempted. You may have doubt. That's the enemy coming up against you. But continue to stand firm in what the word of God says to your life. You may be in the midst of that storm as the disciples were. You may be in that first hour of the nine-hour storm that the disciples were in, but continue to stand firm because God is still with you. And I believe it's going to help you to build character. Amen and amen, church. I know I was preachy today. It was really good scripture. I was really excited about preaching and teaching through this. Um, I just want people to have peace in the midst of the situations in their life. And I believe that Christians, we are to use our resources to bring peace to those who are most in need during these times, especially with the COVID. Um, there's a lot of depression, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of stress that people are going through right now. And I believe that you can be someone who brings an affirmation that God is going to help us to get through this right now. And as we come out of it, people will come to salvation, people will come to the knowledge of who God is, and we're able to take that out to the west side streets, everywhere else that we're around. But it's for us to overcome the doubt that the enemy has for us. We're going to pray, and then we're going to be dismissed. God bless everybody. Um, hope you all are good. If you're not on our weekly emailer, um, please shoot a comment in the Facebook Live comments on here, and we will make sure to add you to that weekly emailer. It has all of our information, sermon archives, ways that you can be involved. Um, we have a lot of people who are helping us out there in this time. And if you want to continue to contribute to support Risen City and our feeding program and the summer work that we're going to be doing, I pray that um, you take time to um, go to our parent church's website, um, resurrectionwv.com. Um, um, and in the donation section, there's a place where you can tie and go specifically to Risen City on there. We're going to have our website up here in the next week or two. I've been working on it. Um, so we'll have direct links. Oh, that light is killing me um, to that stuff. But um, we're going to pray and be dismissed out, and I hope that you all enjoy this beautiful day. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the patience that you have with us. God, I'm thankful for the affirmation that I have in your word and your foundation that gives me the peace to walk every single day, not by what the world says about me, not by what Satan may say about me, 
Not by what my family or friends may say about me, but what you say about me, God. God, I pray that you give us the strength in those moments in time to be able to pull away from those who are not giving peace to our lives. God, I pray that we are able to walk solely upon you and in your influence and not what the world says. God, let us not be overtaken by the storms and the torrents that we face every single day, God. But help us to keep our eyes focused on you and doing our good works and growing in personal relationship and to who you've called us to be. God, you've called us to be peacemakers. That means that we are going to be sons and daughters of God when we reflect your character to the world around us. But it's not our good works that we want the people to focus on. It's who you are, God. So help us to be a reflection of that character and that it brings people to Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 God bless y'all. It's late. Y'all, it's 12, 21. I told y'all we was black church today. We are missionary Baptist churches today. Um, we ain't Southern Baptist. We are Southern Baptist, but we, we're going to switch it up a little bit, y'all. We ain't doing 45 minutes and go to, you know, First Watch to get your meal because you can't go to First Watch right now. Um, we're going to be sending out some information um, here this week coming up about some projects at Risen City. Um, we're going to take the time over the next couple of weeks while we are unable to, you know, um, unable to host church that we're going to come into the building we're going to you know, do some cleanup work within the facility and also on our playground. We've got a really big project that we want some people to kind of get behind. Um, the playground that we currently have, I don't believe it's up to code. So we will be looking at getting a new playground outside to help the community during this time. And I think this is a good time for us to be able to go out there, tear it down, fix things that we need to do on our property, get our gating up so we can be um, properly ready to assemble this when the time comes and such like that. But if you want to be involved with that um, financially, if you want to be hands and feet, make sure to send us a message. Um, hello at RisenCityWB.com and we can make sure to get you some information and we'll be sending that out in our weekly emailers also. God bless. Y'all take it easy. Is that how you turn it off now? Is that how you get it?